Come on, Joe. Let's do this. Right, here we are. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to day number one of my PE with Joe. Finally, after all these years, I've put myself in self-isolation for you, Piers Morgan. This is a message from the government's chief medical officer about coronavirus. But it's not the flu. It's vicious. We are told about 30 devices. Uh, we have been double checking this, but it does seem to say 30. Make your choice and stick with it. Did you see? 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 Hello and welcome to Did You See? a podcast where we catch up on all the things we saw this week. I'm your host, Talyn Aslanian, and I'm here with Rose Lander. Hello. Sophia Miller. Hiya. Charlotte Scar. Hello. And Pippa Smith. Hi. We're five socially distant trainee journalists, but despite being stuck inside, we just can't tear ourselves away from all the madness on our screens. In the week where McDonald's reopened, did you see everything that happened? The government did a U-turn on the NHS surcharge and we found out that Chief Advisor Dominic Cummings broke his own lockdown rules. Did you see all that, guys? Naughty, naughty. (laughs) Naughty Dominic. I also heard that he got caught by his neighbours because he was singing ABBA in the garden. Yes, I read (laughs) this too. A great detail to that story. That was the only detail I really cared about. That's yeah. why ABBA is currently trending on Twitter. Which ABBA song? <laughs> well, Nick Robinson did a tweet about it and he started the tweet with Mamma Mia. So I'm going to uh, hope <laughs> it was that one. So I'm imagining Dancing Queen, but I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I am also imagining Dancing Queen. Did any of you see, this is a little bit off topic and we'll come back to it. Did any of you see the social video of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge doing bingo? And... William called out 17 and he went, one seven, dancing queen. And then all of the people in the retirement home that they were doing the bingo for started singing dancing queen. Oh, it was really sweet. That is so lovely. Anyway, back onto Dominic Cummings. Yes. So Mamma Mia and Dancing Queen, we don't know which song it was, but apparently it was ABBA. The thing is, this is like a breaking thing as we're sort of recording this. So who knows what will be the situation when people are listening to this but do we think that there's going to be resignage going on absolutely I, not i don't think so it makes me so angry it really does because mm. when you've had the lady in scotland resign and i'm sorry i don't know technicalities the <laughs> i think it was the scottish scientific officer the chief or medical like officer in scotland it was there you go and then you had the other Neil guy Ferguson? in the uk Yeah, and he's just a scientist, so he's not even like a government official, which is kind of strange. You also did have Robert Jenrick, the housing secretary, who went to visit his parents, and he got away with it because I think he said he was dropping something off. So maybe the government are just going to have one rule for them and another for others. Mm. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. That seems to be the way. Has anyone managed to grab themselves a McDonald's? Uh, no, although, interestingly, you know, there's sort of like a, a golden list of which ones are open. And yes. there's actually um, like about um, like four or five in my area. There's like three in my birth town of Luton, which I just think is excessive. Ooh. Uh, 
<laughs> like, so I think people have been really kicking off because some areas seem to have loads and some have like none at all. Um, but I haven't been because it seems like it's a bit busy. Yeah, I definitely could not. Controversial, but I don't think Mackey's is that great. Mm, I do. I love I love a Mackey's. I love a Burger King, but I definitely wouldn't wait in a queue for five hours for it. It's the kind of food that I would eat like if I was hungover or something like that. Or, yeah. I don't <laughs> but usually like... <laughs> have McDonald's, but over this period of time, I really wanted one. And I've never had a Big Mac. And all I want right now is a Big Mac. Isn't that weird? Ooh, that is It's weird. like a pregnant person. Interesting. So are you gonna, are you going to go for it? I will, but once all of the ones that are open around us are like 30 minutes away, which I don't think is quite Too justifiable. Much yeah. I feel like, so when I was growing up, there was always like a very strict rule of like no food in the car. <laughs> so the concept of like going to a drive through was just not a thing, not allowed. It was very sheltered. And so like, I just feel like I'd feel so bad eating it in the car. Um, but you wouldn't want to oh, drive you're so all good. the way If I was home. bad from eating in the car, which I also was, I so badly wanted to eat in the car. <laughs> As soon as I could, as soon as my parents were out of sight. But it makes it smell, especially shoveling, like takeaway. Shoveling chips in my it mouth. Makes the, it makes the car smell horrid. I don't know. All right then, should we get started? Rose, what did you see this week? Did you see the YouTube sensation, which is Cracking the Cryptic? Two middle-aged men from Surrey solving puzzles online. No. <laughs> so I came across this story via a Guardian article, so credit credit where it's due. Um, but this has become a huge hit. So there's two men, one called Simon Anthony and one called Mark Goodliffe, and they've started up this YouTube channel. They actually started it in 2017. Um, Simon Anthony was an investment banker and decided to quit his job to become a YouTuber. Adorable. Um, and the, the pair, the two of them met 20 years ago at a crossword championship, even more adorable. Um, <laughs> and when they started the channel, it was really just for a bit of fun and a bit of a lifestyle change. And they would have been doing a good job if they even got 100 views. But something about the, the combination of things in the channel has really um, like sparked off during this lockdown thing. It's really like... Um, become somewhere that people go to for a bit of soothing watching so the video the videos are you know 20 25 minutes long they're solving a live puzzle so a sudoku or a crossword or whatever it is and um, people find it very soothing and also very satisfying because you know there's so many moments in it where suddenly they realize something and they get really excited and they just have this like childlike wonder of all these amazing puzzles that they do and I I'm not really much of a puzzler I like a sudoku and I like a crossword but nothing too difficult but it is really satisfying to watch so there's been one that really took off called the miracle where um so they get submissions in from viewers who send who design puzzles for them to solve and the miracle was designed by a man called Mitchell Lee and um so it had normal sudoku rules and then onto that you also had extra rules so any two cells separated by a knight's move or a king's move can't contain the same digit and I don't know chess so I don't know what that means but I still found it quite appealing <laughs> and also any two orthogonally 
adjacent cells can't contain consecutive digits. And I didn't know what that word meant. So I had to look it up. Do any of you know what that means? Orth- the word consecutive. Orthogonally. Orthogonally. Um, no, no, I don't. Oh, no. <laughs> consecutive. <laughs> I didn't even hear the other word. I thought it was like a mispronunciation of something. Yeah, I think I am mispronouncing it, but it's um, it means right angles anyway. Okay. Something to do with just right angles. Just say right angles. So, yeah, and um, it's just so, so amazing watching him solve it and like watching the cogs in his brain turn and at first and at the beginning of this puzzle there are only two cells filled in so he thinks it's just a joke at the beginning and he thinks it's going to be impossible and a complete write-off and then he just you know sets about methodically thinking it through and one by one he starts filling in the squares and he just gets so excited and it's so cute and he says adorable things like we're watching magic unfold here and um the universe is singing to us and it's just so cute and it's <laughs> been really popular in america especially because i think they find it's quite soothing anyway and people have compared it to asmr and said that it really helps with their mental health um to just you know calm them down but i think americans also find their british accents quite their in quotes british accents quite soothing which is adorable and yeah it's been a big hit um even um youtube star james charles the makeup artist um absolutely loves it and uh, got excited when they noticed him on tw- on twitter which is quite cute I wonder if they could do a, a YouTube like mashup together. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part, yeah. my favorite part of the whole thing is these whole like tricks and stuff. So we know I have to admit I've only watched like a cut down version. I haven't watched like the full twenty five minutes of this puzzle being solved, but I want to because I found it really interesting. But the tricks that they know of how like how to work things out, I was literally like, that's so cool because. The most, the most frustrating thing for me with like a Sudoku is like you get to a point you're like I literally there's too many options I literally don't know what I can do now and if you know those rules then there's so many more avenues I need to learn them and actually get better yeah I need to learn those I'm a massive Sudoku fan like forever I have been a Sudoku <laughs> fan um it's actually quite bad like every birthday every Christmas my family get me a huge but book of like Sudoku puzzles and I'm always finished them within like a couple of months and then I'm waiting like around for the next book to arrive in well, like Christmas or my birthday. These guys um have launched a series of apps and they also have merchandise. So maybe you could get on the apps and try out their puzzles on there. Yeah. See my favourite ones are samurai Sudokus. Have you ever seen those? I've no idea what you're mm. talking about. Okay, so basically, a samurai Sudoku puzzle is five overlapping Sudoku puzzles. Ooh, oh, I know those. Oh my goodness, I, I do know yeah. what you mean. And they're How? so fun. They're so fun. And I got to the end of my book. Um, to the So you start the easy ones, and then it, they get harder as you go through the easy ones. You just you easily get through those. <laughs> you just, like, completely cruising, and then you go through the mild ones, and you're like, oh, you know, you know, a bit of... You're watching television, really, just kind of not really paying attention. And then you suddenly get to the super difficult ones. And they are a boggler. They are a boggler. And so I'll be interesting to I'll be interested to check out this guy and see if I can learn any tips to get them done. I think I've got like my birthday was only a couple of weeks ago and I'm already in the super difficult ones. Oh, my gosh, you're so adorable. You're just as adorable as they are. Um, That's they, an old lady. They um they put up the links um to the puzzles in the in the descriptions so you can have a go at home as well, which is cute. 
That's quite oh, cute. Okay. So, Sophia, this is a big question. Do you use mm-hmm. a pencil or a pen for your Sudoku? <laughs> a pencil? Good. That's I'm the not a monster. <laughs> People that use pen for Sudoku have far too much confidence in themselves. That's what, what if I you're think. on yeah. the tube and you're doing the Metro Sudoku? Oh, well, yeah, well, that's that's just child's play, isn't it? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not Do the Metro Sudoku in my sleep, talent. <laughs> <laughs> No pencil required. <laughs> well, I have to say, I've never done a Sudoku before. What? I've never what? done one. I actually just had to Google Sudokus. <laughs> okay, you have to start from the beginning. You can't. But I also don't think I'm very mathematically inclined. Like I don't think I could. It's not math. It's logic. It's it's all logic. It's what it's patterns. It's not maths. Oh, it's just like working out. Oh, so it can't go there. So it must go here. Kind of thing. But basically, yeah, we used to do them in maths, which was obviously just the teacher wanting an afternoon off because that's (laughs) not maths. I think, Talon, you should do a YouTube video of you solving your very first Sudoku. Yeah, I'd watch that. Should I do an Instagram live? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay, I'll think about it. (laughs) I'll do it later on I would so watch that. I would love that. Okay. Oh my god! I'll publicise it and then I'll I'll do it. <laughs> Talon's first Sudoku puzzle. You That's can so um, you can market the podcast in, as part of the Instagram live and get some of your online following. Yeah, we can poach. We can poach some of the audience from cracking the cryptic and bring them over. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm glad that I can offer so much to the team. Okay. Well, Charlotte, what did you see this week? Did you see Sophie Ellis Bexter's Kitchen Discos? Yes. No. Yes. But yes. I don't know who Sophie, Sophie Ellis Bexter is. What? How young are you? Oh, oh my God. God. I'm causing major issues on this podcast today. You don't know Murder on the Dance Floor? Oh, Murder on the Dance Floor. Yeah, I don't know who sings that song. Is it Sophie, Sophie Ellis Bexter. Okay, go. let me firstly explain who Sophie Ellis Bexter is to you, Talon. So she is, I would say... And all the other listeners, obviously. I, I think they would all know her. No, <laughs> um, she's like, I would say a 90s, noughties pop icon. Murder on the Dance Floor is her classic. It would be, you know, it's at every wedding. Um, and she, she has started doing these Instagram lives every Friday in her kitchen. And she's like, she'll do like 20 minutes of singing her classics and, and some like other songs. But she'll be like in metallic outfit, like high heels. And she'll have her five children circling <laughs> around her. And it's so brilliant. And her children, like I don't know, there's one that looks like it's like, I don't know, 10 months old. And there's one that's 15. And she's like, being a mother while singing these songs in metallic outfits and it's just the the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life to be honest it is pretty amazing and she's got all the lighting as well hasn't she yeah and then sometimes she'll just oh yeah she's just incredible I don't even know how to describe it I watched it last night and it just made my evening but she's so like natural oh I definitely dance along yeah I, I feel like I'm there in the kitchen with her you can't listen to murder on the dance floor and not have a bit of a boogie no, exactly. Talon, I think you're going to have to watch this because I think it could be right up your street. I've got a lot to catch up on this week on our Did You Sees. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I just think it's so pure because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, my family, like, the kitchen is like a dance floor, like, at certain times. Like, it's just, like, the perfect place to have a good dance. Aww. And so I do feel an affinity with her. I mean, we don't we don't put lights up and um, have microphones or anything like that, but um, we always break out into a boogie occasionally in the, in the kitchen. So I think it's nice. She's also managed to land a Radio 2 show off the back of this. I heard an advert for it. She's going to do, like, a... A, a lockdown disco um, thing where she plays like disco hits so you know it's good PR for her as well oh my goodness <laughs> what a success so yesterday was her ninth edition of it and what I think is so lovely is that she's got I think I'm not sure how young her youngest child is but in one of the one of like the earlier ones it was like one of his first like early steps and he was like walking across and she was like oh he's just started to walk and then I was watching it yesterday and he's like properly walking across the room now. So wow. I feel like I've been on this journey with her, with her children <laughs> that's, growing up. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I saw a clip of it and I loved it because um, there was a bit where I saw on Twitter and basically she was like properly going for it and all her kids were just completely uninterested yeah. in it. But like They're just sort of wandering around doing their own thing and occasionally getting involved. And I, she was like full made makeup, like really going for it. And the, this little like kid was just sort of wandering around like what's going on. I know. It's, I, I quite like that. It almost looks like she's there at a disco and everyone else is kind of drunk, fallen on the floor around her because they really don't care that much about her singing. But it is so hilarious to watch. Well... From one wholesome did you see to a potentially, I don't know, what kind of did you see this is going to be? Sophia, what did you see this week? Uh, I'm afraid it's not too wholesome, but (laughs) (laughs) quite the opposite, actually. Um, Did you see um, the Korean team that put sex dolls in the audience to fill the stands? (laughs) I heard about this. Right, so there's a club like South Korea have started football again but obviously they can't have like an audience so it's just live you can watch it on the tv and they thought oh to get a bit of atmosphere we'll go to a company and hire some and i quote premium mannequins and put those in the um audience and then it will we'll do it like a fun funny thing like it's like they're only like i don't know watching uh, according to the football club, they didn't realise that these were a- these premium mannequins were actually sex dolls, and apparently they were missold them. Like it was a misunderstanding with the company that sold it to them. Um, but obviously, these things—they all wearing all these—they ma- put masks on all these mannequins, and they're just sitting in the audience. And everyone was watching it like, oh, they don't. They don't look quite right. <laughs> and so social media obviously just went a bit crazy, like, what the hell? Um, and then the company's blaming the football team and the football team is blaming the sex doll company. They're just pointing fingers, really, and saying, it's your fault, it's your fault. Um, so, yeah, they, they've now come out and apologised and they've been fined um, the equivalent of £66,500. So, are they graphic? Doing, apparently it was quite offensive. These Sorry? dolls. Like, are they graphic? Yeah, they're all wearing they're all wearing clothes. Um, They are all wearing clothes, uh, but they're all women. um, Yeah, I guess it's a bit bit, like dodgy. And they, yeah, they've all got like quite. um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's really fair to find them that much for that. I mean, what? What? Apart from the fact that they're all women, and that's kind of slightly odd. What is really the difference between looking at a sex doll and looking at a mannequin? They basically look. 
I'd, I wouldn't be offended by looking at a sex doll unless no, I, I find, was... I think I'm finding the whole saga quite funny, but then <laughs> I, I, I understand I think... like why they had to apologise because like kids yeah i think from the article i'm reading right now some of the dolls were holding signs advertising x-rated websites despite (laughs) pornography being banned in south korea take Um, the signs of i'm very confused about these dolls were they not like what do you have have a picture of them so do you know what they look like yeah i can see them they're they're all wearing are they plasticky like solid they're plasticky they're very much not like the kind of sex doll that we're thinking of like they're, they're not, not like an inflatable no. they look like a mannequin they look like but they're, they're actual they they've got the face and they've got like so, quite a lot of detail they're quite creepy actually now i'm looking <laughs> at they're the picture. very very creepy but why were they holding signs advertising x-rated websites surely at that stage <laughs> the them off, yeah. would have had to realize what was going on and remove the signs but what i don't get if they are holding signs how can the club say that they didn't know that the exactly. dolls were adult yeah. products their story is not matching up here <laughs> oh wow they <laughs> do raids. and they dress them up they dress them up in in the football outfits right in the merch Maybe they odd. were just really, really naive. Maybe the people organising it just are, you know, very, very innocent and had But no can idea. you honestly think, like, they're on a meeting and they're going, okay, so the stands are empty, but that's just bringing morale down. Why don't we go and buy some fake dolls and put them in the audience? Like, who thought that? That's such a weird... I have seen, they're, they're, I have seen other stadiums doing similar things, but just with, like, cutouts instead of full mannequins i have to say i have two things to say about this from looking at this picture go for it why are they wearing masks surely that's like a waste of masks yeah true that good point and two the poses that they've put them in i'm finding quite hilarious like one's like doing like a peace sign but then some of them i think they've gone for some sort of like waving cheering pose but they just look like really odd because obviously you can't really capture that with like a really stiff mannequin kind of thing and I'm just, I find it creepy. Pippa, sorry, I have to stop you there. It's not a mannequin. It's a sorry, premium mannequin. It's a premium mannequin. <laughs> they are quite realistic. The hair in particular um, is quite realistic. But yeah, no, not a good move by uh, this FC soul. But I, I really don't understand it because looking again at the photo to be analytical, there is about 20 <laughs> mannequins, unless I've got a bad angle, and I assume the stadium would have like, like I don't know, a ten thousand, yeah, ten thousand capacity. So they've got twenty mannequins, <laughs> about twenty cardboard cutouts of actual football players behind the mannequins. <laughs> I just feel like that emphasises that it's an empty stadium, and it just has completely the opposite yeah. effect of what they want to do. It would be better if no one was there. As they're quite premium, surely that's very expensive. Maybe that's why I mean, they're they... a football team. I think, and they've got a huge stadium, so I think they've probably well they can afford to cash out on a few sex dolls. <laughs> well, they only bought twenty of them, so maybe they're 30, waiting I believe. for their next I believe delivery. There were thirty dolls. Oh, thirty. Um, yeah, not that that changes absolutely anything. It's the same situation. <laughs> um, yeah, but they have come out and they've apologised for hurting and insulting female and family fans. Okay. I I feel that we can file this one under just bizarre in terms of (laughs) (laughs) 
I think we can file it under unresolved questions. <laughs> we just can't put the world to rights on this topic, so we're going to have yeah, to move on. This is on. a puzzle we cannot solve. <laughs> this is this is an unsolvable Sudoku. Well, Sophia, thank you very much for bringing that to all our attention. I think we all needed to see those images and we're all better off for that now. Pippa, what did you see this week? Uh, did you see the new mini lockdown episode of W1A? Yes. I did. Well, I saw it, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, because it made my uh, week, really. I thought it was brilliant. Um, <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know W1A, go and watch it, for goodness sake. Uh, it's like a mockumentary uh, about kind of management at the BBC uh, it's kind of came on from 2012 which was um, during the Olympics and it's got like Hugh Bonneville's in both it was the same character um, and a couple of other characters kind of cross across but it's just basically quite an infuriating but funny kind of take on what kind of managing a big corporation is like and the general meetings the meetings of the management team kind of are the central focus of the documentary so they <laughs> kind of thought what would this like group of characters be doing if in this scenario because obviously the BBC's got lots of things to be thinking about during lockdown and coronavirus um so it's just really cool and what I like is that so um Hugh Bonneville and Jason Watkins I think um have always like on their Twitters they've kind of like done a few tweets in character for years since the program ended and I just love it when people and actors are like so into a program that they like carry on the kind of fun of it because it's just kind of silly um but cute so and even in this episode like the kind of like structuring of how they put it out um like on the youtube there's like a little uh, description which is to will who anyone who's watched it is the terrible intern <laughs> turned pa and it says in the like description of the youtube will this is to be put on youtube with the setting private so it's like a little in joke um, which i love and then the um kind of episode itself is like a zoom call their zoom meeting and it's just so entertaining and funny and so like tr- you can almost imagine the conversation actually happening um so they basically focus mostly on what they're going to do about the lack of uh programs because they're going to run out of programs um so they just start like trying to work out um what to do and it, i think lots of people said that it, it reminded them of zoom meetings they've had <laughs> over the past few weeks and it was like almost like the perfect format for this show because uh because it's like it's always about the meeting and people kind of talking over each other and saying absolutely nothing so um <laughs> It's really good. And basically, uh, their kind of the conclusion they reach is that maybe they should just repeat an entire year of programming, <laughs> um, like all like uninterrupted news and everything and like go back in time, which is obviously hilarious, like hilariously not a very good solution but yeah know. it's just quite I funny don't know. i quite liked the idea especially the original <laughs> suggestion they threw up which was to repeat 2012 because that was a phenomenal year i agree i think we should repeat 2012 yeah. i'd like to just go back to 2012 to be, uh, yeah and not have any of the interim that. years <laughs> yeah why not why don't we just pretend we're in 2012 we all loved it let's not lie 
Um, and th- this year is basically cancelled anyway. Like, we are just going to have to start from scratch next year. So why not just <laughs> pretend it's not happening? And I am definitely, if the BBC doesn't go down this route of just repeating the whole year of 2012, <laughs> then I'm in luck because we have the DVD um, of the, you know, the Olympics highlights. <gasps> so we do I well. am going to be watching all of that in the summer, which I'm really excited but about. It's- it's not just that. Like that year, we had the Diamond mm. Jubilee, and then we had yeah. the Olympics, and that's all that I remember. <laughs> but I just remember the the summer kept going on and on, and it was amazing. The Paralympics, Ooh. then we had. Yep, it was a good oh. time. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but I think the journalist in me says that we probably do need this year's news um, to carry on. <laughs> Um, but yeah I think also what is great about this is that now lots of people are calling for the BBC to commission like um, some more episodes of this W1A lockdown kind of version um, as part of their programming to fill their hole so that would be good there's always a silver lining in every pandemic but I think what's I think you're really right Pippa in saying that the format of it is so conducive to like a zoom meeting I think sometimes like a lot of these programs they put to Zoom, I'm not sure have I got news for you necessarily works on Zoom. It's like a lot more rigid. Mm. Mm, but no. this, because in the original WNA, it is just people sitting in meetings with technology not working, like long pauses, mm. people talking over each other. So this is like the perfect format for them. And my favourite character in it is the head of news guy because he's like the only one who talks any sense. And um, if you watch him, like, because obviously they show like all five of their boxes um, and then flick occasionally to one of them. But if you watch him throughout, it's just so funny because he's just like listening to all this drivel. Um, and then eventually he just kind of gets involved and is like, I think we should repeat 1976. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, it's, it is great. And it gave me a little smile this week. So that's good. I did see on social media that a few BBC journalists were quote unquote triggered because it was very <laughs> reflective of how things are going right now. Um, so I think it's a great insight into how our broadcasting is currently being done. Well, apparently. I think a lot of um, people have said the whole way through WNA that there are some scary similarities between what's going on in that and like what actually happens at the BBC in terms I mean, of it's like program commissioning so um yeah I mean take from that what you will I feel like I have but... I feel like I have to share a zooming experience of the week where I made a major blunder so <gasps> I know it's Go bad on. it's a bad blunder so in the process of finishing the uni coursework I was in charge of a shared zoom screen and it's quite easy to forget that everyone oh, can see, can your, see screen. your screen. So there I go, accessing oh, my god. WhatsApp messages. And <laughs> oh my god! And I might have made a slight complaint about a member of my team in my WhatsApp messages. <gasps> and yeah, that was my Zoom blunder of the week. Cannot believe it. Oh, classic blunder, <laughs> classic blunder classic bundle charlotte <laughs> now we know thank you so much we will never do anything like that you've really taught us a good lesson <laughs> and do you know who was taught an amazing lesson last night who it it was it was race it was racist don in coronation street is that his, That's is his right. actual name 
<laughs> no, no, his name is Don, <laughs> not Racist Don. But he shall from now be known as Racist Don. It's time for an update from our Cory correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask, did you see last night's episode of Coronation Street? No, I no, didn't. I've never seen any nope. episode of Coronation Street. <laughs> well, that's just I really quite but... shameful. I'm liking that I'm getting to see like see Corey and like live vicariously through you. I agree. So thank you. (laughs) I'm glad. Uh, So basically, this also was trending on Twitter. So I'm very surprised you didn't see it. Um, A lot of Coronation Street viewers were up in arms at yesterday's episode and also very happy at the whole situation. So uh, the characters' names that are key are Ed and Don. Ed has been working for Don as a contractor, kind of doing some building work, doing some building work. And um, Don had been making racist remarks at Ed throughout this whole entire situation. And Ed was also working with his son. When I say racist remarks, they were very clearly racist, but also could be seen as casual racism. So, for example, saying, are you going to go and have some jerk chicken tonight kind of situation. So where that's quite rude because you're clearly asking that because of his background and the colour of his skin. But also you're just asking him what he's having for dinner. So it's like a very hard line. So this whole entire time, Ed has kind of just been ignoring it and um, laughing to Don's jokes. And last night, Ed's son said to him, why are you standing for this? You're not fighting. You need to stand up to him. And Ed basically said, I have fought with these people my whole entire life. I know what fighting really means. And you need to pick your battles and we need the money. So I am going to do the work. And then that will be that. Anyway, so they were helping build a restaurant, basically. And tonight, yesterday night was the restaurant opening. So they all went to this opening. Ed's whole entire family was there. And there were a lot of BAME people at the event as well. So you had some of the key characters from Coronation Street, like Dev, who's from an Indian background, Mm. um... I'm not sure if anyone else was a main character, but you had a lot of Bane people in the room. And Don was just chatting to someone in the room and they were talking about the building work. And he said that it wasn't, they didn't do a very good job, but when you um, pay peanuts, you get a monkey. Mm. So when that was said, Ed was in close proximity and heard that. And he basically got the whole room to be quiet and had an amazing go at Don and really showed up, showed him up for what he was, which was an absolute disgusting racist. And exactly. And Ed, he did this amazing speech. Ed's real name is Trevor. Trevor is the, is the actor, Trevor George's and Ed is the character. And, If I just read some of it out, he said, I've been asked what I eat, what cricket team I support. I've heard it all a thousand times, but I don't think anyone else in the audience has heard it. Will you say it again? And basically, Don just didn't want to say it. And Ed um, re-repeated it to everyone and everyone was shocked and blah, blah, blah. So that was really amazing because it um, showed 
Don for who he was. But for me, the more the best part of yesterday's episode was a lot of the characters then went to the pub afterwards and they all started to have a conversation about racism. So um, Dev, who is from the Asian descent, went and sat down with Ed and his family and they were having a conversation about the racism they've experienced. And then a few of the white characters sat down with them and said, look, but I don't know what's okay to say. Like, I'm really like worried. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to be racist. But at the same time, I don't want to be worried that I can't say anything. And Dev was just like, well, just ask us, ask us as a friend, like what you think is okay to talk about. And I just think it was an amazing open conversation about race that was opened up by Coronation Street and it was great. I was smiling throughout the whole episode. And even my dad was sitting next to me and my dad was asking me questions like, I don't, he didn't know about the background of um, why be a black person being called a monkey was racist. So then I was explaining that to my dad. And so we were having a really open conversation about it and it was great. Wow, Corey does That was it a again. really long rant from me. <laughs> Coronation Street is just coming up with the goods at the moment. What are you going to do, Talon, when it, ends when it's like run out of episodes i know i honestly don't know they have loads of good storylines going on at the moment that racism storyline which wasn't didn't take center stage for the whole entire thing Mm. but did yesterday um there is a little boy who unfortunately is looking to have a genetic disease then you've got we've talked about it previously on the podcast yasmin is experiencing domestic abuse lots of different stuff going on um one of the mums has postpartum depression. There's so much going on. There's a lot that anyone can relate to. And Coronation Street is honestly really starting those good conversations during lockdown. So is this all pre-recorded a while ago then? How how long is the lag between it being recorded and it coming out? I'm not sure. This was pre-recorded a long time ago. So, so far Coronation Street have reduced how many episodes they're showing a week. Okay. So I think they're only showing two a week when it was previously like three or four. I'm not entirely sure. Loads. Uh, Yeah, it it is a lot. So they had loads of episodes in the back burner, but I did read that they were going to run out of episodes soon. But apparently... It was on the news like last week that EastEnders is going to start re-recording again. So I would assume that Coronation Street is going to do the same. In my house, my mum and dad have always listened to The Archers. Because <laughs> that's, you know, <laughs> that's how we roll. Um, but <laughs> they are really disappointed with The Archers because they, for at the beginning of this whole lockdown, they didn't acknowledge the virus at all. So their their storylines were carrying on as if none of this was happening. And normally the Archers is really praised for reflecting what's going on in society. So it was really jarring to listen to it and to like, you know, people weren't having to lock down and all these things and it was confusing. And then they just stopped recording them and they started playing old episodes like they started playing like classic episodes and Ooh. um it, i would think you could record archers remotely exactly. because it's just audio exactly so as long as everybody had a microphone yeah so we just don't know what we're, we're kind of disappointed that they haven't got a little bit creative with it and just i can't that believe that middle england hasn't kicked off more about i know this, to be <laughs> honest. the archers had stopped and i haven't seen one thing about that in the news the world has carried on who knew <laughs> If we can do a podcast from our little homes, then the Archers can continue on recording. Exactly. Yeah. We'll start a petition. And with that, that's it for our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, why not subscribe to it on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts? And 
Give us a follow on Twitter for all the latest updates. We're at DYS underscore podcast. See you next week. Bye. Bye.